Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest foxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of Bullet, a story so full of alcohol and gambling that it would make an MSU minor blush. The story so far Zoraida and Ophelia have recruited Summerteeth Jones to play a game of Bullet against a group of Malifaux's elite gamblers. The brewmaster is his second, responsible for filling shot glasses and taking over in the event of incapacitation. Summer's goal is to extract a piece of valuable information from the famously tight-lipped Von Schill. As we pick up the story, the game is about to begin. This episode of the Breach Side Broadcast is brought to you by Old's Bohemia Absinthe. Our 120 proof emerald absinthe is made from the finest anise, fennel and grand wormwood bitters. Side effects of consumption may include dizziness, hallucinations and moving into an unfurnished attic to write poetry. Are we ready, gentlemen? There was a chorus of nods. Then we begin. Opening bets of 500. Coins were thrown into the centre of the table from all directions, clattering loudly on the marble surface. Summer was using old-world sovereigns, big coins of solid gold that he reckoned were worth about a hundred scrip apiece. Certainly no one seemed to be contradicting him. Cards out, Peter continued, and began to deal. He dealt six cards to each player, the first card face up, the next five face down. Summer swept his gaze around the table. The doctor had rams nine, Von Schill had masks four, Peter had crows eight, and he himself had been dealt crows thirteen. Not necessarily a great start. Another high card and he would bust out before he even got into the swing of things, but that was the nature of Bullet. Having played it for a number of years, the only things he'd really learned about the game in terms of predictability was that he got really drunk on other people's liquor, which was the primary reason he played. He'd heard some say that there was a science to the game, that professional gamblers could count cards, hedge bets and generally beat the odds, but that had never been Summer's tactics. Bet big, drink hard, and sooner or later things fell into place. Hand bets, Peter said. I'll bet another five hundred. He drew in another handful of coins. Match, Summer grunted, and threw in his own. Match, agreed the doctor, and dropped a 500 script note on the growing pile. Summer didn't care much for paper money. It didn't last long in the damp, swampy environs of the bayou, and most gremlins wouldn't touch it, much preferring the bite of gold between their teeth. There was, of course, the upside that the use of paper money gave him another excuse to load the doctor. Match, said Von Schill and throw on a few coins of his own. Bet's down, Peter said, flipping over his second card, which was tome six. He didn't hesitate and flipped his third card, 
Mask six. He'd scored 21, an unbeatable hand unless someone else could draw him. With just the tiniest smirk, he turned his attention to Summer. Bullet, I believe. Bets down, the gremlin said, and flipped his second card, Tomes 12. He'd scored 25 and was blown out of the water already. Tarnation, he cursed. Busted. Dr. Sharp followed with Masks 3, then Masks 10, and busted out with 22. Von Schiel flipped over Tomes 8, then Crow's 8, and called a stay on 20. First hand to me, eh? chuckled Lord Peter, gathering in the stack of coin and paper. He nodded to Barnaby, who lifted an ornate crystal jug filled to the brim with a vivid green liquid. Check absinthe. I have a bottle brought through the breach every now and again. A quite excellent tipple. Summer watched disparaged as the emerald liquor was poured into his shot glass. Then Barnaby went around the table, filling both the doctor's and von Schill's glasses. Peter, of course, didn't need to drink, as he'd won the hand. At his side, the brewmaster was loading two bullets into Summer's pistol. One for each card he'd played. Then turned a grip inwards with the chamber open, so the other players could all confirm it was loaded correctly. Far and muck, the ancient gremlin muttered, giving the green drink a dark look. Probably liquor ought to be clear. The real color's on your tongue and in your mind. Ah, here's your brewmaster, Summer agreed. Von Schill was loaded with three rounds, as was the good doctor. Peter would normally have had to take three rounds as well, but winning with bullet on 21 allowed him the privilege of defaulting during the shooting turn. Once the pistols were loaded, the second set out shot glasses on the bench, an equivalent number to the bullets each player had been loaded with. Your good health, gentlemen, smirked Lord Peter as the others reached for their glasses. Summer downed his absinthe in one swallow and grimaced. It tasted watery and weak and fancy and dumb. Just exactly the kind of hoity-toity dishwater he'd expect from an overblown pillow like Peter. Making it green didn't help any either. Pistol bets, gentlemen, Peter said. Summer threw two coins into the center of the table. Von Schill and Dr. Sharp each contribute three, a hundred script for each bullet. The three losers collected their pistols and lined up beyond the table, facing the row of empty shot glasses. Summer went first, and shot a glass into a fan of sparkles dead center. His second went to touch white, however, and dug a groove in the wooden bench. Having missed, he'd lost his chance of claiming the script, and would have to take another shot of absinthe as forfeit. He shrugged. He was better with a blunderbuss anyway. Both the doctor and von Schill proved more accurate. Neither man missed a glass with three shots apiece. That was to be expected from von Schill, who made his living in dangerous places, but Summer hadn't reckoned on the good doctor being quite so skilled. Those long, thin fingers were apparently good for more than holding a scalpel. As neither Von Schill nor Dr. Sharp had missed a shot, there was no winner of the pistol round, and the bets were left on the table to boost the next pot. Summer grudgingly accepted his second shot of absinthe, throwing it back violently in the hope it wouldn't touch the sides on the way down, and thus avoid having to taste it. As befitted the seconds matching players on penalties rule, the seconds were then required to match their playing partners for drinks. This was to avoid the unfair advantage of a second replacing their incapacitated compatriot without previously consuming an equivalent amount of intoxicants. Kruger and Timeswell each took a shot of absinthe, and the brewmaster took two. Some feared for his excellency's refined palate, 
but the old gremlin showed no ill effects as he downed the two measures back to back. The dealing hand moved anti-clockwise, and next up was Von Schill, which proved little different for Summer other than he busted out on three cards rather than two. Lord Peter won the second hand too, collecting both the bets from the hand and the previous pistol round, although on a score of 20 he couldn't avoid the upcoming shooting round. For the penalty, and it was always dealer's drink, Kruger produced a long bottle of smoked glass and poured a measure of amber liquid for Summer, Dr. Sharp and Von Schill. Fifteen-year-old cognac, he said as he delivered the measures. The doctor murmured in quiet pleasure at this, and Peter made a show of looking disappointed at having missed such an excellent spirit. Summer just glowered at the dark liquid. What was it with big folks and putting colours in their liquor? He downed his shot with the others and grimaced violently. Fifteen years old, he complained, working his tobacco to try and mask the flavour. No wonder it tastes so bad. Damn stuff has gone off. All that coin on the table, you'd think the man would spring for a new bottle. The doctor looked at him with open revulsion, which Summer dutifully marked up on his mental tally of reasons to loathe him. But Von Schill just smiled, and Lord Peter hid a titter behind a lace kerchief. It was uncertain whether he was laughing at the comment or Summer himself, but the hefty gremlin preferred to pursue one vendetta at a time, and had his sights fixed squarely on Dr. Sharp. The shooting round came next. He dropped three more coins on the table and lined up for his three bullets. He missed two, which meant he had to take another two shots of that thick, syrupy gunge. He did so, but now it was such rancor that Kruger had his free hand hovering near his gun belt while he poured. Von Schill won the shooting round this time, when both Dr. Sharp and Lord Peter missed the glass. When it came time for the seconds to match their players, Summer was fairly having kittens. He'd barely been able to get that last gulp of cognac down past the rebelling throat that objected to having to drink fifteen-year-old anything. When he saw three shot glasses of it being filled for his excellency, he felt certain that all this bilge water would hopelessly ruin the brewmaster's ability to ever again craft his alcoholic magic. But the three shots vanished one after another, and the hunched old gremlin just shrugged dismissively. The doctor's turn to deal came next around, and Summer's luck shifted infinitesimally for the better when he scored 20 on four cards, but ultimately lost out to Von Schill's bullet on 21. He watched suspiciously as Timeswell produced a dark green bottle, but was pleasantly surprised when the liquor poured into his shot glass was clear. Gin, the man explained. Tanqueray number 10. Summer took a tentative sniff, then downed the shot. His eyebrows shot up. That ain't bad, he whispered to the brewmaster as he contemplated the taste. Ain't quite what I call shine, but that ain't bad at all. Summer was so surprised at the tolerable flavor of the gin that he deliberately missed all four of his shot glasses so he could tolerate it some more. Sure, he lost another 400 scrip in the process, but he took the philosophical view that he wasn't playing with his own money anyhow. When the brewmaster's turn for five shots of gin came around, Summer leaned close to see what he made of it. It's got potential, the brewmaster said, nodding and smacking his lips. Why, yes, I'd say so. It was finally Summer's deal, and he shuffled the cards expertly before firing them out across the table. 
He was deliberately sloppy in dealing the doctor's hand, and took secret acidic pleasure in watching the man having to rearrange them into the perfectly symmetrical order he clearly required. Having his hands on the deck seemed to improve his luck, and he finished on 21 with four cards. Unfortunately for him, Dr. Sharp also called Bullet on three cards, which put the pot into contention. It would go to the shooting ground to decide, which put the doctor at a slight advantage of only having to hit three glasses against Summers' four, but it was only money. The real treat was that now the brewmaster would be serving up something special for the gamblers. Enough with the fancy coloured sewage they'd been flouncing around the table. Now they'd get a real drink, Bayou style. The brewmaster hummed for a moment as he fingered through the sack, then lifted out a hefty clay jug, nodding to himself. And I was still young, fellas, so I thought I'd ease y'all in general, he said, as he unstopped with the jug and poured a measure for both Von Schill and Lord Peter. This is a little concoction of my own. I call her gator juice. Why don't you hit me with a little of that juice, brewmaster? asked Summer, nudging a glass in the wrinkled old gremlin's direction. The brewmaster grinned and moved to oblige, but Dr. Sharp looked stricken. But what are you doing? he objected. You're in contention for the hand, sir. You have no forfeit this round. You do not need to drink. Who says anything about needing to drink? Summer shot back, lifting his shot glass between thumb and forefinger once the brewmaster had filled it. What's wrong with just wanting to? He lifted the glass to his eye and gazed at the crystal clear liquid. Now y'all see that? Clear as mountain air. That's how liquor ought to be. None of your fancy colors. I don't rate drinking nothing less than I can see through it. Von Schill took his shot coughed, swallowed several times, and then sat quite still while a slow grin crawled across his face. Lord Peter was holding his glass at arm's length, looking very uncertain. This is homemade, you say? There she is, boy, the brewmaster said. Brewed with these two hands right there. The brewmaster's the legend in the bayou, said Summer, pride swelling his chest. Always been one, always gonna be one. Ain't nothing alive knows more about liquor than the brewmaster. I'll kill any man says different. Clearly this brewmaster is of considerable cultural significance to your people, Peter said, still looking very concerned about the contents of his shot glass. I am certain that his title and position are well deserved, and would hate to cause any offense, unintentionally or otherwise. So quit flapping your lips and drink grunted Summer. Lord Peter had the look of a man who was unaccustomed to being addressed in this informal manner, but he raised the glass in a brief, wordless toast. Summer matched him with his own glass, and they both drank. Summer was familiar with gator juice, and had sampled it many times before. He was in complete agreement with the brewmaster that this was an excellent introductory liquor to acclimatize his fellow gamblers to the world of Bayou Shine, Hardly anyone ever died after drinking it. For a moment or so, Peter seemed to consider the unique flavour. The corners of his mouth began to curl up in what might have been relief that the beverage proved more palatable than expected, and then his entire body gave a violent jerk, and he squawked like a kicked parrot. Both Summer and the brewmaster roared with laughter.
You get a little snap at the end there, he shouted. That's why we calls it gator juice, boy. Lord Peter tried to force a smile, although his ruddy colouring had diminished significantly. Quite, quite lovely, he stammered, wiping his mouth with his kerchief, which was trembling. Pistol bets, please, gentlemen. The evening progressed. Summer won a few hands, but his pile of coin inexorably shrank. Von Schill and Dr. Sharp continued to win with frequency, but Lord Peter seemed to have had much of the wind knocked from his sails after the introduction of gator juice, and following a serving of the brewmaster's banjo explosion a few hands later, he subsided to monosyllabic answers while belching sourly and mopping his bulbous forehead. After banjo explosion came hot pepper thunder, which sent Dr. Sharp into a coughing fit and caused Lord Peter to dry heave twice before he got himself under control. Both men suffered a noticeable deterioration in their aim, pistol barrels shivering while they drew beads. This in turn led to substantially more penalty drinks, and before much longer, Lord Peter was slurring his words and spilling his liquor. His second, Crumb, still seemed in reasonable condition despite matching his associate's shots, and it was after two shots of the brewmaster's bushmeat potboiler that the Lord retired in favour of his second with many apologies and unsteady legs, belching almost constantly. Through it all, Von Schill seemed unfazed, although he was grinning far more often than he had earlier in the evening. His aim was steady as ever, and the only sign the alcohol was having any effect at all was the slight sparkle of sweat on the crown of his balding head. That's some liquor, he commented, after he'd finished his shot of blue swamp fricassee, a particular cheeky cocktail that had been known to leave gremlins without the use of their knees for days at a time. Best damn liquor in Malifaux, boasted Summer. Certainly the most potent, suggested the doctor. It finally unbuttoned his starched collar. His second, Timeswell, had big sweat rings under his arms and looked none too steady even though he was sitting down. Summer cast an experienced eye over the second and figured he'd last another half-dozen shots tops. Summer, who still felt perfectly clear-headed, decided that this might be a good time to probe the mercenary for information, now that everyone's tongues had been substantially loosened. So I reckon you must get all kinds of jobs, he said in a casual manner, while the brewmaster loaded his pistol. Von Schill shook his head while gathering in the cards. Nope, he said. No? I thought a fellow like you would be traveling all over Malifaux for all kinds of folks. Nope, Von Schill said again, shuffling. Ain't y'all a mercenary? Nope. Summer frowned with puzzlement. Then what is y'all? Tired of this conversation, Von Schill said, and began to deal. Summer subsided, grinding what teeth he had left. Maybe after all this was over, he and the mercenary would have to have another discussion on the niceties of social intercourse with his fists. The hands continued, and everybody was beginning to feel the effects of so much alcohol. The doctor's precise pronunciation was getting progressively thicker. Crumb kept giggling for no obvious reason, and even Von Schill was a touch unsteady when he stood up from the table, although his aim was as sharp as ever. Of course, Summer was perfectly fine, but he was having some trouble reading the cards he was being dealt. Somebody must have smudged them, or perhaps it was the failing light. He certainly wasn't drunk. Heck no. He tried several more times to goad Von Schill into talking, but the man was as taciturn a person as the gremlin had ever met, 
and it was all he could do to get a response out of him, never mind a conversation. The next big game change took place while Dr. Sharp was completing a pistol round. He took out his first two glasses with that flimsy little twenty-five pistol, but his final shot went high, ricocheted off the marble wall beyond and took Crumb through the shin. The man shrieked and fell over, clutching his leg with both hands like he'd been shot. Summer sniffed with disdain. Personally, he felt that anything under forty-five caliber didn't count. The doctor staggered to assist, but Crumb fended him off, apparently of the opinion that the good doctor was now more of a liability than a help. He yanked off his bandana, lashed it tightly around his leg, and hopped away in search of a physician who hadn't taken over thirty shots of strong spirits in the last few hours, which in Malifaux was likely to take some time. The incident had badly shaken the doctor, he was just sober enough to recognize that shooting a man was somewhat in violation of his Hippocratic Oath. He returned to his seat, while Kruger poured him a measure of bourbon as his forfeit for that missed round. The doctor looked at it miserably, then threw up his hands. I concede, he said, in a voice thick with alcohol and emotion. Arthur, my friend, you must replace me. But Timeswell was slumped face down on the table, snoring. He had apparently dropped off during the shooting round. Arthur, the doctor snapped, shaking his second vigorously by the shoulder. Just another ten minutes, mother, murmured the other man, before sliding off his chair to the floor, where he resumed snoring. Blast, said Dr. Sharp. Without another look at either of the remaining players, he stood with the slow and steady dignity of a very drunk man, and strode purposefully away, while listening to one side like he was caught in a high wind. Shortly after he left the room, there was a heavy thud and a series of bumps. Summer imagined that was probably what a body falling down a flight of marble stairs might sound like. With both Crumb and Dr. Sharp out of the game, their sizable remaining wages were pushed into the middle of the table to be added to the next hand's pot. Summer had to admit that there was now an awful lot of script up for grabs. Winning now would place him in a good position, as he'd been gradually hemorrhaging coins since the start of the evening, and was down to less than a thousand. Von Schill, by comparison, had managed to win back as much as he had lost, and had yet to miss a single glass during any shooting round, while Summer seemed to miss more than he hit. If he was going to win enough to stay in the game, it would have to be with the cards. Y'all sure play well for a fighting man, he said, while he shuffled the cards for what was in all probability his last hand. His shuffling was slower than usual. The cards seemed to be fighting back. I assume that's a compliment, Von Schill said with a wry smile on his face. He was looking flushed and sleepy, but his hands were as steady as ever, and his eyes were still sharp. Summer began to realize that Von Schill was not going to transform into the slack-tongued blowhard he had hoped for. The man was like a steel trap. The gremlin knew no more about him now than he had when he walked in the door. He was going to lose half of his remaining funds with this hand, and the rest during the shooting round, and have to report back to Zoraida with his tail between his legs, the money gone, and no intelligence of any sort to report. Things suddenly started that way. Summer busted out on twenty-two with three cards after taking a chance on a sixteen and flipping a mask six. Von Schild wisely stuck with eighteen and took the massive pot that included the wages from Crumb and Dr. Sharp and left Summer with three gold sovereigns to cover his pistol round. The one consolation was that he got to celebrate his forfeit with a glass of the brewmaster's midnight locomotive, 
which very nearly burned his face off. Like a condemned man, Summer waited for His Excellency to load his pistol with the three shots he would likely miss. His maudlin brooding was interrupted by a sharp snap of gunfire, and he looked up to see that Kruger, who had been getting quietly and compliantly drunk without drawing attention to himself, had inadvertently shot off his own index finger while loading Von Schill's pistol. Um, he said, blinking at it stupidly. Von Schill lurched to his feet, spilling coins and whipped off the other man's belt, wrapping it tightly around his wrist. Keep it raised, he said, and keep this belt tight until you get back to HQ. Get the surgeon to sew you up. What about your second? Kruger slurred. I load my own damn pistol, the mercenary growled. Kruger threw a sloppy salute, getting blood on his face, and stumbled out. While Von Schill was cleaning his pistol with his shirt front, the brewmaster leaned close to Summer. He's alone, he whispered. Now's our chance. You gotta win the next round, boy. Ain't no way to beat him in shooting, Summer hissed back. Feller ain't missed a shot yet. You'll lose the shooting round, true, but you paid for that already. It's the next hand you gotta win. Summer was struggling to follow. Ain't got nothing left to wager. I'm out of the game after the shooting. There's your wager. The brewmaster slipped a freshwater pearl about the size of a child's marble into his hand. That'll get you in for one more hand, but you needs to win. Huh? Summer was still in the dark. He failed to see how one more hand could make any difference now. Their hushed conference came to an abrupt close when Von Schill looked up, his weapon loaded. Shooting ground, he grated. Summer took his place, and was surprised to feel the floor give slightly under him, and he walked around the table. Damn place was falling apart. He needed to get some sturdy gremlin architecture in here. Damn floor was all uneven. Von Schill had set up his own glasses for his shooting round, and shot all three without hesitation or error. Summer took aim at his own three, but they seemed to be trying to dodge. He shot the bench twice, and his third bullet caromed off the wall, and screamed around the circular chamber, sparking and ricocheting until it smashed a half-drunk bottle of fortified wine that Lord Peter had left behind, and embedded itself in the seat of his chair. A few days later he would find a bullet hole in his britches, a half-inch south of his unmentionables, and immediately go in search of a drink to medicate his belated shock. Von Schill snorted with laughter, and filled three spare shot glasses with something he called vodka. Summer drank them obligingly, but in all honesty could taste nothing after the brewmaster's last dose of midnight locomotive. As he slumped back into his chair, Von Schill yawned and stretched. Guess that's it, he said, scratching. I have to admit, for a little fella, you sure know how to put it away. One more hand, Summer slurred in response, trying to keep his eyes focused under the brim of his big hat. With what? You lost your last coin in the shooting ground. Summer placed the pearl on the table with elaborate care, lest it roll away. He seriously doubted he'd be able to catch it. Von Schill looked at the precious stone and shrugged. Why not? One more hand. 
he dealt Summer six cards, starting with Rams nine, and dealt himself a start of Tomes ten. Summer let the pearl trundle towards the centre of the table, and Von Schill dropped a stack of coins into cover. Bets down, he said, flipping over Masks five and Crows five to sit on twenty. Summer reached down. The cards seemed a long way away, and managed to flip his second card over. Rams nine. He was sitting on nineteen, and had lost again. One more card, the brewmaster whispered in his ear. I can flip on nineteen, I'll bust out, he retorted in a stage whisper that Wesley could probably have heard outside. So what's to lose, boy, chuckled the brewmaster. Flip. And so Summer flipped over his third card. Tomes two. Well, I'll be, he murmured. That's bullet right there. Von Schill chuckled and leaned back in his chair. Well done. You won yourself enough for another couple of hands. But first you got to get through the shooting ground. Yeah, before the shooting, there's a forfeit lesson the rules has changed, said the brewmaster pleasantly. He slid a thin clay flask from inside his sleeve and shuffled it around the table to Von Schill's glass. Little something I like to call wise old owl. Summer blinked slowly at the small stack of coins on the table, while the brewmaster poured and Von Schill drank. There were ten coins in the pot, plus the brewmaster's pearl. He might make another two rounds out of that, but he'd be losing two three hundred scrip every shooting round. He just didn't understand why the brewmaster insisted on continuing to play. Losing was inevitable at this point. So, the brewmaster said, leaning on his stick and fixing Von Schill with a shrewd eye. Where'd you take that big crate you smoked through the breach for Ramos last moon? Warehouse 9, Von Schill said without a moment's hesitation. Bent back dock straight south from the Star Theater. Summer's mouth fell open. Why? he gurgled. Much obliged to you, said the brewmaster, and spun on his heel. Get your butt moving, Jones. Effects won't last long. Time we was gone. Whaa, Summer said again. Wesley! His Excellency bellowed with substantially more volume than Summer thought was possible. Get in here and give an old gremlin a hand with this dummy. The apprentice came at a run and hooked his hands under Summer's armpits, hauling him to his feet and helping him out of the chamber and down the stairs on rubbery legs, leaving a blank-faced Von Schill still sitting at the table. How what? How come? Summer started a few times. They passed a snoring Dr. Sharp sprawled on the marble staircase, and then half a dozen equally comatose masked heavies scattered about the entrance. The brewmaster took all of this in his stride, staff moving quickly as they hurried across the wide promenade and back into the claustrophobic alleys again. What in tarnation's going on? Summer finally bellowed when the cold night air had restored some of his wits. How'd you get that fella to spill it so quick? Shame on you, Summer Teeth Jones, the brewmaster scolded him. He seemed utterly unfazed by all the liquor he drank. You think all I does is brew shine to get you folks drunk? Wesley, constituent ingredients a wise old owl, if you please. Blood beach bark, ground, swine mushrooms sliced and boiled, uh... Swamp adder venom, three drops, and a pinch of nutmeg for flavor. 
Good boy, the brewmaster nodded. And his purpose? It's a real potent suggestive excellency, the apprentice puffed, laboring under the weight of summer. You get a fill to drink it, and if the dosage is right, they'll tell you pretty much anything you want. You drugged him, exclaimed Summer, swerving violently with the realization and almost crushing Wesley. You drugged him and he spilled his guts. Now you're getting it, the brewmaster grinned. But why wait till now, Summer complained, reeling. Why not just dose the fella right at the start? The brewmaster shrugged his hunched shoulders, and his eyes crinkled with amusement. Well, why not? I ain't seen a good game of bullet in an age, and... Like you said yourself, I likes a drink. Thanks for listening to the conclusion of Bullet on the Breachside broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.